welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, welcome to another episode of 81 Points. Um, how was your weekend? It was good, it was good. Um, this was a bit of a big week. You know, yeah, you know, a of... lot happened this weekend. I, I don't think uh, I don't think you and I talked that much this weekend, but uh, it left me wondering um, what was the bigger upset? Was it the fact that the Celtics won Game One in, in Milwaukee, or was it that our boy Grey Worm survived? And got <laughs> call? Wow, that's we went right into it without any spoiler alert. But you know, at this point. If you're, it, yeah. If you if you've been on the internet at all, then then the latest episode of Game of Thrones has probably been spoiled for you already. Yeah. At this point, you got to watch that as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Well, we're we're recording right now on uh, it's Monday evening. This will probably come out <clears throat> um, tonight, Monday night. So that's a full twenty four <laughs> hours for anyone to watch the episode. And I think we we talked about it. Last time, the spoiler rules for Game of Thrones is quite different from anything else. So. Yeah, that too. And also, you know, I think just culturally it was a big week because uh, Endgame came out. Yeah, so, which was... you, I mean, you, I, I told you this, like, I don't really watch any of the Marvel yeah. movies. Um, but I heard that Endgame was amazing. Endgame was amazing. It lived up to the hype. It was everything... I imagined it would be and more and it was just uh you got to give a lot of credit to the Rousseau brothers who just they're pretty much just A-list directors. I mean they they have been for a while and they uh they like put out a masterpiece. It was amazing. So, so. I know the movie was 3 hours long. Yeah, and it didn't even feel like 3 hours. It was it, just, a, it was appropriately It was appropriate, timed. you know, um and it's it made a it made one point two billion plus this just in a span of three days. It beat the it beat uh, Infinity War, right? I think Infinity War uh, was a uh, well Infinity opening weekend. Oh well, yeah, it just office, it just right? destroyed uh, any opening weekend. Um, and Infinity War, I think total was like two billion, and it's gonna pretty much surpass that total like very easily and it's i'm expecting it to pretty much beat out avatar and be the number one grossing film of all time yeah which i think is pretty deserved especially with um do you think you're gonna go watch it again no nah, is it a type wait are you even the type to watch nah, it twice in the theaters no. yeah i think that's that's <laughs> just not i mean based on people's uh reception of the movie i can see like a lot of people going oh back it, and that's that again. that's happening as we speak and it's been happening this past weekend that's partly why it's the well, the main reason why it's they made it made 1.2 billion which is because people went back and watched it a second and third time just in this span of this weekend and uh there's even talk about how like the rabid uh marvel fans are like determined to see avatar get dethroned so they're <laughs> like i don't know it's funny but like i think just the people's love affair for this like film is so huge that they, yeah, they they're like. I mean, you got You would suspect that uh, they have a bigger fan base, like all the Marvel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fans out there. Yeah, yeah, and and not only that, but like, 
like not only are the fans like hardcore but the films itself have been for the most part all of them have been really really good i mean with the couple exceptions that were like maybe not uh as amazing but did the russo brothers direct all of them or no 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 they they only the avengers movies the last avengers um so infinity war and this past one um the first avengers was by uh josh whedon who he, he did a great job with that too uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, just the way they handled the whole franchise and the way def- they handled the whole universe was fantastic. I mean, you compare that with DC Comics, you know, with, yeah. with the way Warner Brothers did like Superman, uh, Man of Steel and like Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad. I mean, those, this is just all garbage. Yeah. So I looked up um, because I don't watch marvel movies but i did yeah i had to look up how many there are because you know i I, (laughs) i've entertained the thought of trying to catch up yeah 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 uh but there's like 22 movies in this i guess they're calling it the infinity saga yeah of marvel movies yeah and uh i've seen three of them three out of the 22 which is actually you you could probably get away with just watching like two or three more and then getting into the whole avengers movies and you'll be fine yeah but um because i haven't actually seen all of them either so i've only seen like pretty much the main ones so i uh i think i also told you that um somebody spoiled that movie for me yeah i mean so let's talk about this whole spoiler shit it's like it's such a asshole thing to do you know with the whole advent of like well we're not even it's not even advent stuff we're in the thick of it with the whole social media world we live in it's like people's just desire to just ruin shit for people the spoilers is such a shitty thing to do yeah i mean we live in we live in a world where um trolls exist right and (laughs) and they they have a thick grab a stronghold in our society today i mean the thing is trolls have been there since the beginning of time it's just they have a a platform now exactly internet has allowed them has given them a bigger voice like social media has given them a bigger voice and that's essentially what pretty much happened with you know yeah i think it was um i actually i think it was lashawn mccoy (laughs) dude that guy has made so many enemies um but rightfully so i it's such a don't you think he knew exactly what he was doing oh yeah that's the thing with these trolls they know exactly what they're doing when they're doing this shit like pretending like you know whatever so between uh between endgame and this the battle of winterfell yeah which one lived up to the hype well did did both of them live up to the hype well i I, i'm gonna get just get right to the chase right now yeah, because uh, we haven't talked about. I know we haven't talked about. It. So we're talking about right now. Um, Endgame obviously lived up to the hype and more, and it was just uh, an incredible uh, culmination of a plus, a plus, a plus plus plus. It was uh, fantastic. Now, uh, Battle of Winterfell, I did not care for it. Just straight up, you didn't. Care I for didn't it. care for it. Like. Well, I, uh, um yeah elaborate and on that. i just didn't care for it i i i was pretty disappointed by it i think uh you know and and we talked about it in the last podcast um i was hyped about it leading up to it because the second episode the, was the so whole, good the whole world was hyped. Yeah, yeah yeah but like you know i for the longest time i was kind of like oh man like this show has deteriorated to a point where like i just i'm not gonna expect much but that second episode 
was so good that it kind of restored my my faith and my expectations were just at an all-time high and I was getting ready for this episode and yeah dude it was just it just fell so flat for me and I like where do I even begin where do I even begin oh, like, so you have like a laundry list of complaints I do about this I episode? do I should have written it down but like okay just off the top of my head the the greatest war the history of mankind in this uh you know, in this uh, universe, and the way they planned it was utter shit. Like, why did the why did the, the uh, Dothraki rush into the darkness like that? I yeah, I didn't really that get a, that. That was a that for was me. A... That just seemed like it's pretty. Like, let's make this visually stunning, and it was. It was a really cool visually stunning type of thing, right? Like cinematically, I guess. Yeah, it's like it's like when you're watching. Um, let's say you're watching an NBA playoff game, and yeah. you just know. <laughs> Oh, let's take this recent Milwaukee Bucks Boston Celtics game one, and you just know right out the gate that the game planning was just incorrect yeah. for for one team. Yeah, and to to rush your entire Dothraki army into just a a, a cavern of darkness. Yep, just made just didn't make much sense. Didn't make no, so it and it didn't cinematically. Even, it looked pretty awesome. Cinematically, though. it looked really cool. Yeah. And so right off the bat, I was just like, this is that's ridiculous like that is really stupid and to me it just spoke it just screamed of let's try to make this visually stunning let's try to make this really cool and that is everything against what game of thrones is about which is like everything makes sense supposed to like everything has a reason why it happens right so that made no sense to me um also like the uh, i'll just get to the the biggest gripe that i had which is like why was there no explanation given now of who that like why the night king was is here like what was his purpose like nothing was explained in this episode uh brand kind of explained it yeah little. i thought that just was not they, good enough they dedicated for me. a few lines of dialogue <laughs> Dude, to that not, previous episode that was not good enough for me like this whole thing this is eight thousand years in the making this guy this night king was eight thousand years in the making and he was here to end fucking mankind and all we saw was basically in this episode it was just it was a it, it was just like a one-dimensional villain being killed like and so i i was so i was like why was there no why was there nothing else about it like and i think i have a big problem with that because it's like george R. R. martin was always about like it's not all about just a typical like good versus evil and like whatever right there's always just a lot of nuance to it and all the nuance i felt was taken away from the night king in this episode because mm-hmm. It was seven years, seven plus years in the making of like this Night King, like he was coming and he finally came and he was here and nothing was explained. That's what I had a problem with. And on top of that, I felt like this whole battle was like a, didn't it feel like it's just kind of like, it was like a subplot of like the main, like Cersei was like the final boss, which to me is kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Because one of the themes of the show is, why are we all squabbling for the Iron Throne when there's a larger threat at hand, which is the Night King is coming to kill us all, right? Yeah. Now we have three fucking episodes. Well, that's, of, that's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought it was. Yeah. We have three episodes now of 
Cersei and her desire for wanting elephants. Like, that's all we have. And fucking Euron, I hate that guy. He's such a terrible character, by the way. So, I had problems with that. And, like, also, another thing, too. I'm just, I'm going on right now. I'm going on and no, on. I'm going the floor on. is yours. I'm going just on right now. Going. Also, the fact that no other characters were killed off to me, I kind of had a problem with that. I mean, like I said at the top of this episode, you know, the biggest upset of the weekend was <laughs> that, that, that Grey Worm was in the front lines exactly. and still survived that That's war. so crazy to me. Like, I can't believe more people didn't die. And it's like, it kind of takes away from the gravity of this war. Like, again, this is what's 8,000 years in the making. Like, this was supposed to be the fucking war of all wars. And like... There were so many scenes in this episode where I saw so many main characters like being surrounded by so many White Walkers, and then the next scene, like they're just like alive and well, like they're just fighting them off. Yeah. Like that made no sense to me. Um, even more than Grey Worm, I'll be honest. How the fuck is how the fuck did uh, Samuel Tarly survive this war? I want to know how. I told you, he's got to write the book at the end of the whole series. Like, there was a scene where he was uh, lying on a bed of White Walkers and just stabbing to the left and right of him. Like, I think there was a scene where John was, like, passing him by and Samuel Tarley was just crying and he was just lying on a pile of White Walkers and he was stabbing, like, to the left and right of him. I was yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, you know, like, they talk about characters with plot armor. Plot armor, yeah. And, he, I mean, Samuel Tarley has some of the strongest plot armor, I would say amongst all yeah. the characters so it would have been a tremendous shock if he if he had died I which think. would have been a rightful shock though it would have made a whole lot of sense to me i felt like you know what i mean like he's not a guy who should have survived this war he is not equipped to survive unless he i don't know hung out in the crypts maybe but there's no way a guy who is so ill ill skilled <laughs> and, and not in shape to be able to to survive this army of undead adam you know and i don't know it's just so crazy to me that so many people survived brianne survived jamie survived uh like gray worm survived fucking varus survived like why did he survive i don't know I mean, like just yeah. so many guys that just so many people survived this fucking war that's supposed to end all wars and i just couldn't believe that and so I don't know. The only, so only main redeeming thing of this episode was the music. I thought the music was spot on. Uh-huh. That guy, the composer, is like fucking amazing. I felt like he was a one redeeming quality of the episode, but everything I had a problem with. Like, I don't know. Like, so basically, are you telling me we're gonna have three episodes of Cersei? Is that what we're, is that what we're gonna have? Like, well, the next episode is clean up. I you gotta mean, clean up all the dead bodies. Jesus, like, I cannot. Okay. I just couldn't believe it. Like, it was just all fan service to me. Like. The whole Arya killing the Night King, it was kind of cool and it made sense. Um, But at the same time, like, you know, there was all this lead up about the prince that was to be promised, right? Yeah, so that was a big uh, turn in the storyline. Right, so what's that all about? Like, so basically that's just all bullshit. Or I don't know what the reason or what the explanation is for that. So I don't know, man. It It just felt like an action film which was just kind of like not what Game of Thrones is about to me. And there's so many other things I'm missing, but I just had so many problems with this episode. And I 
I should just be like, you know what? This show has kept me entertained for about seven, eight years, so almost a decade. So I should be happy. But yeah. goddamn, like, yeah, dude. Like, I don't know how some how so many people survived. Yeah, um, I think I had a different viewing experience. Okay, all right. Uh, so from what? You did you enjoy it? Uh. I gotta say that, um, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat while I was watching too. Right. It was intense. It was, it, it was, was very intense. intense. Uh, I thought that this, I saw, I thought that overall the episode was shot beautifully. Well, like the cinematography here, was on point. Well, here's the thing though. I, I don't know if it was just me, but I thought it was super dark. I could barely see a lot of. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I had to like turn off all the lights, like yeah, you know, in my apartment. So were you able to it. see for the most part, though? I think so. Okay. I, I saw, I, you know, the the dragons help with the lighting <laughs> <laughs> periodically, every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from a from a standpoint of being entertained, the thrill of the episode it was well made. The visual yeah. and and the you know the music, like you mentioned, I thought all of those were on point. Um. I was though disappointed with how things played out. Mm-hmm. Um, my my biggest disappointment was kind of what you hit on was I I just didn't think the Night King would die that easily. Yeah, absolutely, uh, for sure. I was waiting. We, me, and millions of other people out there have been waiting years to see like an epic battle scene of white walkers against you know the living yeah and none of the white walkers fought at all <laughs> they're just standing and watching <laughs> uh they're watching this ceremony of whatever was going on yeah and, and just logistically like you said it just some stuff didn't really make sense and, yeah. and you know there there is a there is a part of me that's like let's not overanalyze this it's just a yeah. show but yeah i mean the the Dothraki charging into the darkness, I thought that was kind of dumb, but I don't think I don't even think that was like one of the top five, <laughs> which is happened. concerning. Yeah, it wasn't even the top five of like yeah. of questions that needed to be answered, right? Uh, le- let's see. Um, Theon charging at the Night King, I thought was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, what are you expecting to? <laughs> and that was honestly that was him just basically like. Everything was getting tied into nice little bow. He had his closure, and now he's like, "I'm gonna go fucking die." Yeah. And again, for me, that's not what George R. R. Martin is about. Which is, he's all about like people just fucking die out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like the motivation of these writers, D and D, you know, um, Benioff and uh, I forget what his other name is, um, the creator, the creators of this TV show version, uh, they're just so much about like completing the story arc and like giving these giving these characters a heroic like ending or like you know basically like just tying things up in a nice little bow and that's not what the show is was originally about you know what i mean yeah like where's the oberon like fucking getting his just skull crushed like grape you know Uh and us all just being like that's so fucking unfair yeah it's not we don't feel that anymore nothing feels unfair about this show which is i know it's kind of sadistic to it's think almost that. it's almost unfair on the other end like like a lot of these dudes should have died there's exactly. no way there's no way there's no this. way yeah. yeah i mean our boy podrick survived yeah the battle. <laughs> <laughs> and he sang us a fucking song in the last episode yeah. you know yeah so it it just didn't make sense like 
you know the fact yeah like the whole thing with all these whites like just surrounding so many of our favorite characters and none of them ended up dying is like outlandish to me yeah you know so um yeah it 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 didn't make sense man so I'm, i'm back on the i'm not as thrilled about the next episode anymore I will, cause I was super hyped going into this episode, cause the second one was so good. Like but. if they if they had ended the entire series with a battle like that, I think it would have played out a little bit better. Yeah. You know. Okay. Cause like you said, I thought I always thought that the that the whole Night King versus the Living was like the ultimate. Um, oh, it was. Battle. That's what they were. I mean, it was literally the op- the opening scene of the TV show. It was someone discovering. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's such a central theme and it's such a huge theme of the the basis of the whole show and for them to kind of like do it in one episode and do it so easily and it feels so cheap and now we're going to have three episodes of fucking you're on Greyjoy. Oh, dude, that's that is just I'm not <laughs> looking forward to that, man. Like that is that's cringe, man. Like uh, yeah, I mean I you know, at least we'll get to see uh Clegane Bowl yeah uh, i'll I'm, be, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be hyped, hyped about, about that. that yeah uh, well also too know. like um like john snow uh and daenerys like they just fucking rode dragons the whole episode that's, that's just all they did well i was come i was telling this to uh, somebody today that um when when john snow <clears throat> there was that scene where john snow kind of fell off his dragon as the mm. dragon kind of crashes to the ground that's that was basically him surviving an airplane crash uh <laughs> without without any cushion or or, or seat belt um mm-hmm. so that right there it's like well, i, I he would was think wearing, that they get a lot more hurt like well he was wearing that like plot that. armor real yeah real tightly he has he and denarius have the strongest plot armor i would for say sure. right now for sure um but uh there i what i what i think they're leading up to uh, is this whole drama between uh, Jon Snow, Daenerys, and, and Sansa. Right. I think that's going to be a large aspect of these last yeah. three episodes. Well, the creators promised that there would be a final twist to the show. So we'll see what happens in these last three episodes. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, man, like... I just can't believe that's how it unfolded. Like, I think it would have been awesome if it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? I think, I think, uh, I think people would have like shit their pants if it ended. On a cliff- <laughs> Dude, that, that, but that it, would have been, been better. Yeah, yeah it would have been amazing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked that the Night King is dead already. I thought it was gonna. I thought that was it's gonna be bullshit, the last man. thing. Yeah, that dude, was it's happen. a little bullshit with how the Night King did not get his fair due, man. Like he. He went out like a little bitch. Yeah, like they I, they kind of uh, he, did him a disservice there, dude. He, yeah. I mean, which one was worse, uh, the Warriors losing a three-one lead, or the Night King losing just a fucking million to one lead? Man, this, this guy was. Yeah, no, this was worse. This yeah. is crazy. And you know, uh, there was that shot of him, um, like Daenerys tried to burn him with dragonfire, and then he just looks up at him and like smiles at her. Yeah. Just I, a little I wasn't really like feeling the king <laughs> grinning. <laughs> well, you know, there's a theory that he was a Targaryen. 
Yeah. Did yeah. you hear about that? Um, there's that theory. Which was kind of a cool theory. There, there's also the theory that I think a lot of people have thought that he was a Stark this whole time, too. Or that, like, Bran and the Night King were, like, somehow intra-linked, right? Yeah. Like, what would have been a huge mindfuck is if he pulled out his sword and then he just kind of... And just knelt in front of Bran. That would have been uh, fucking crazy. Or if he would, if he would have like spoken. Yeah, yeah. And that's another t- thing with Bran too. Is what what was he doing this whole episode? He so, I think the way they he was warging into some ravens the whole time. Yeah, I mean that. Like, why yeah, was there was that scene that? of him like watching yeah. like yeah? Um, so. I think what they were alluding to is that he knew all along, like, that this was how it's going to play out. Because, mm. okay, uh, he gave Arya the dagger that right. ultimately right. killed the Night King. Yeah, he gave. When did he give that dagger to? He him? gave her the dagger at that exact spot in the Godswood when they reunited. Oh, this was like last season, right? Yeah, that was last season. Um, You know, and that dagger was like the weapon that was originally supposed to kill him. Right. You know? Uh, So it it kind of made me feel like he knew all along. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, Which is why uh, the odds. So there's odds posted on who's going (laughs) to win the Iron Throne. And I think right now Jon Snow is the favorite. What Um, is he, like a two to one? Well, I think he's like uh plus 110 or something like that okay and, those aren't great odds and uh the second highest odds is bren actually really yeah he has higher odds than daenerys which is you know interesting that would be wild and, and we know that vegas knows all so <laughs> that's, damn <laughs> so that's, something has to be said for that straight up put a spoiler tag on that yeah, man yeah so um <clears throat> Okay, so I guess uh, you were more uh, satisfied with in, uh, Endgame. Oh, than, without a uh, doubt. And, I, you know, I'm going to still obviously watch to see, because I'm so committed, pot committed at this point, to uh, see how Game of Thrones ends. But, yeah, dude, it's just... And, you know, George... We only have George R. R. Martin to blame for this, though. Because that fucker... Because he didn't finish Yeah, this is a guy who just did not finish the damn series, man. We wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this problem, you know, if they didn't run out of source material. So, so I think uh, <clears throat> was it you that that told me this a long time ago, or somebody told me that, um, like he he told one person uh, how he plans to end the entire story in case he dies or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that, but I do know that he he did tell D and D the two creators how it was supposed. To, he gave them a rough like uh outline of how it's supposed to end yeah i mean apparently he didn't get into details of like (laughs) how the battles are supposed to yeah and how yeah and how the freaking uh dialogue was supposed to go or the writing but yeah yeah well overall though it was still a pretty epic weekend of yeah of uh, film and tv culturally Um, and uh yeah the nba playoffs just kept marching on yeah so the last Last time we uh, had a podcast, it was like in the thick of the first round. Now that the first round's over, we're we're into the second round. Um, and were there any surprises for you? Did you feel like it was just? I think much... overall the first round. Not very the, surprising. The biggest right? impression was the winner of the first round was Damian Lillard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That was the main storyline. Um, 
he hit one of the best shots that we've seen in recent times. Recent playoff history, sure. Um, would you say that his three-pointer was more impressive or was Kobe's buzzer beater against the Suns more impressive? Um, well, I mean, I think Kobe's overall performance in that game was more impressive because, you know, he, he had to essentially hit two. Yeah. But, I mean, Damian Lillard's was... That was like a that was like a that was a thirty seven thirty seven foot three. He shot, yeah, he shot it from the logo over a all defensive to hit fifty in the yeah. game. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's very debatable over Paul George, who's might win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and a top three MVP, and who you know cried about that <laughs> shot, calling it a bad shot. Yeah, I gotta um, say that. I mean, nothing felt much. Nothing felt better than to see him just get ousted in the playoffs. Yeah. So. Uh, a lot of sour grapes coming out of OKC right now. Yeah. Um, they we talked about it last time too. How um, uh, Russell Westbrook hasn't really handled the media uh, very gracefully. <clears throat> yeah, and, like uh, I feel like that's rubbing off on Paul George too. Mm. You know, I was gonna say though, like that's the thing with Russell Westbrook is like, have you seen a player lose? as much stock that quickly than Russell Westbrook. I mean, this is a guy who just completed, what is it now, three straight years of triple-double averages? Yeah. And he's on one hell of a historic run, and yet he's just kind of getting all the... He's getting shit thrown at him, you know? Yeah. Uh, we 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 said uh, last time that the year that Paul George had was such an aberration in the positive direction... You could almost say that the year Russell Westbrook had was an aberration in the negative direction too, because which is his crazy. Percentages are really bad. Yeah, this year. which is crazy to think because he averaged a triple double still. But yeah. yeah, but he's like you know, I mean it's like Lonzo territory. His average, right. right? I his shooting his shooting percentages were really bad. Um, I don't even know what he finished the year. Yes, uh, from three. It had to have been pretty low. Um, let me look it up right here. Right. So he ended the year uh, shooting 43% from the field, which is around his career average, I guess. Um, he shot 29% from three. Which is atrocious. And 66% from the free throw line. Yeah, those are some pretty... Because he... I think he's closer to 80%. For his career for the line, right? He's a yeah, he's a career eighty percent free throw shooter. Yeah. So it's you know, when we um we look at basketball players and we always ask ourselves a question like, is this is this player's game gonna age well or not? And did you didn't you always kind of feel like Russell Westbrook's game wasn't going to age? No, because it's it's so contingent on his athleticism. Right. Yeah. Um, so at this point um, and you know, at his to his credit, I think we all saw like a couple years ago. We all saw and felt like his shooting had improved dramatically, you know. Yeah. Or to the point where like his mid range was actually it was almost automatic. I I feel like even just four or five years ago. Yeah, and he could get it anytime he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like during the Kobe years, his last few prime years, going up against him in the playoffs. I mean, Westbrook was pretty lethal from the field, but now. It's 
it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it where, because this shot itself doesn't necessarily look broken, right? Like, I, I'm not, I don't look at his shot and I'm thinking, oh, he really needs to fix something in his shot. So it's weird that he's just missing so much, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not the smoothest yeah. form, but yeah, it's not broken by any means. Yeah. Uh, I mean, go back to the go back to the year that the OKC Thunder made it to the NBA Finals. I felt like amongst their big three of Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, I felt like uh, Westbrook was the one player that lived up to his potential the most hmm. out of those three in, in that <clears throat> NBA Finals. Um, you felt like he kind of brought it. Yeah, he like, brought it. And, yeah. and you know, I, I still have somewhat of a soft spot for him yeah. because he's a gamer. You know, he's yeah. always going to he's always going to go all out. Um, but yeah, his 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 stock has fallen. Uh, would you say that would you say that Dame has overtaken Russ in terms of like who the better <clears throat> lead guard is? I, I think without a question, I think NBA is in particular the biggest sport in that regard where uh, what you do in the playoffs at that moment propels you in that category, you know, like where you are in the rankings. Yeah, I know? mean his his uh, playoff resume, you can make a case is already more um, accomplished than Russ's, mm-hmm. because I think now what three straight years of first round exits for OKC, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, basically, since Kevin Durant has left, they haven't made it past the first round. Kevin Durant is sort of looking like. A smart guy now huh after all this uh you know these issues with, with russell westbrook it seems it seems like almost like yeah it was the right thing to leave that team with with westbrook right and and it, it almost seems like that was um whether he'll ever admit it or not that was like maybe one of the main motivating factors for him right. to go to another team right because um Russ is a volume shooter, like no matter who he's paired up with, you know. Oh, for sure. He's gonna he's gonna shoot his shot no matter what, <laughs> which you know I I kind of like in a sense. Right. I like the confidence, but uh, for better or worse, that's that's the player that he is. Yeah. Uh, you know who's not looking so smart is um Sam Presti. Mm. There was there was a time I mean he that that team had three MVPs on their team. It's crazy. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NBA. You know. Um. I think uh, I was listening to... Uh, they had three MVPs and Serge Ibaka. Yeah. I, I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe podcast, and he was saying how, essentially at that time, Sam Presti... Uh, you know, when, when they tr- traded James Harden, uh, everyone was saying that OKC decided to keep Ibaka instead of James Harden. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in reality... The choice was that they decided to keep Russell Westbrook over James Harden, right? Because they, you know, they both play similar positions, right? And that has, yeah, if you had as Ken- much as as much as you know, I have a disdain for James Harden's game. <laughs> that that has turned out to be a mistake. Yeah, because can you imagine if you had kept James Harden and Kevin Durant? That's a pretty lethal combination. I right feel now. like that's more of a um, conducive pairing. Like they right. can, they can definitely. Uh, they the chemistry would have definitely led them to like stay with each other. Right. Like James Harden is also a volume shooter. However, he's not as like of a volatile personality. Yeah. As Westbrook is, you know, 
and volatile uh, production wise either. You yeah. kind of know what you're gonna get with him, right? Which is why, like, did you watch um, Game One yesterday? <laughs> no, I saw the highlights though. Uh, which is why I wasn't surprised at how that game played out. Yeah, I mean, statistically, if you look at the box score, he had a tr- he had a good game. I think. Yeah. He, I mean, he dropped thirty. Yeah. You know, uh, I was. You know what I'm starting to realize is that through these playoffs, I'm realizing how many teams I dislike more than the Warriors. Hmm. You know, well, I think because we've sort of come to to the conclusion that, and this happens with all great teams, right? All great dynasties. It's, it's happened when I was watching when I've been watching Tom Brady, which is kind of like once you start accepting and realizing you're watching an all timer, an all time team. Yeah, you're kind of like, well, I mean, you're just watching history rather than like I fucking hate these guys, like I hate this team, and yeah. like I want to see them fail. You're just kind of like resigned to the fact that like. This is an historic team. This is an historic player. Yeah. And that's essentially what's going on with the Warriors is that, you know, there was, there was a point where I think you and I both were like, it is so obnoxious. And we still, I think, for the most part, feel that their team and the fan base is obnoxious. But at the same time, we are seeing an historic team. Yeah. And so now it's just kind of like, well, <laughs> there's all these other teams that are like really annoying as well. Yeah. I know? mean, we've conceded this era. To, to the Warriors. Yeah. Maybe they changed the landscape of the NBA. But there are just so many teams I'm realizing that are uh, higher on my shit list than Golden State. <laughs> and the Rockets being one of them. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers are one of them. Obviously, Boston is forever going to be uh, number one on the shit list mm-hmm. uh, as a Laker <clears throat> fan. So seeing them beat uh, Milwaukee uh, yesterday wasn't... Wasn't, wasn't the greatest uh, sight to see either. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there is a if there's a single team that I would root for to win the title this year, it would be Milwaukee, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, out of, you know, a d- the default answer, I guess. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. like, I mean, back to James Harden, though. Um, you're kind of talking about it. But, you know, James Harden is such a f- interesting... <laughs> player and you know the best way like the best way i i can see james harden the way i view him is he's basically that regular season pitcher who he lives on the edges and he lives he's like a i mean it's not a perfect analogy because tom glavin was great in the playoffs too but he's one he's like that pitcher who like he always nibbles on the outside corner and he's almost dependent on the umpire giving you those calls right and it works in the regular season. Like, he'll win 20 games a year. But once the postseason happens, in baseball, you either got to have a 98-mile-per-hour fastball with insane, filthy stuff where you don't have to depend on the umpire giving you that outside edge, those, those called strikes on the outside edge. Uh-huh. You're going to get punished. So would you, have, would you consider, like, Greg Maddox to be kind of an example of that? I don't he remember sort if of, he was a great Well, he had some both, both good and he put up some, some eggs, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's kind of similar where it's like, you know, in the regular season when you're kind of dependent on, like, the umpire to, like, give you these calls, same thing with the refs in the NBA, you're kind of dependent on that, you're going you're gonna to suffer in the playoffs. Well, yeah. I almost look at his game, uh, I would even take it a step further from that. Uh-huh. Like, I, I always, and this is why I've, Criticize James Harden uh, a lot in this podcast. Yeah, 
But to me, it always I, I always was left with the impression that here's a player that is just taking advantage of loopholes in the game, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, which is why it was so satisfying to see the refs not giving him those calls on those kickout threes. Yeah. That he was trying to pull. That he's been pulling all Regular you know, the, the past couple of years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his production was always so dependent on uh, getting fouls called in his favor. Um, he is a great player. I mean, we, we uh, you know, you can't average 36 points a game in the regular season without being a great player. Mm-hmm. But it always felt like to me that he was taking advantage of the rules. Mm. Um, to a certain degree. You know, you look at Kevin Durant and it's just like, well, he's just so talented. Just, just great pure player. talent. Like, no matter what happens, he, no matter what era he's in, no matter how the game's called, no matter the style of play is happening, he's always going to produce at a very high level, which is why we've called him the Unicorn 11 yeah. on this podcast. But I don't get that impression from James Harden. Um, it's kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know, there's a... Um, there's a the author Tim Ferriss or something, right? I think. He, oh yeah, you're one of your favorite. Yeah, uh, one of my, my favorite authors. Uh, personal development. Yeah, uh, guys, yeah. Huh? No, but there was a story I remember. I, I, because I did re- read some of his shit. But he, you know, didn't he win like in uh, in a in an Olympic medal or something? <laughs> oh yeah. Right, because he found He's, a loophole or something. He was a. He 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 was like a champion, uh, right. Martial artist, like some kind of judo, like event or something yeah but he did it because he read the rules and he found some loophole where like he caused like he would cause his opponents to like fall out of bounds or something right yes yeah, it was something like that, like that. Uh-huh. and because of that he just he like won a bunch of tournaments or something it's kind of like that james harden just pretty much just like yeah he found loopholes or he found ways to kind of exploit the system right and then once that loophole just kind of got filled up or once they just sort of wised up to him he he's been exposed yeah you know which is a very simplified way of viewing because he is at the same time he is a very he is an incredible talent like the guy is a uh great player but he's just not the supernova that he was in the regular season you know what i mean Uh he's become a much more mortal player in the playoffs yeah uh I think Bill Simmons has already tabbed James Harden as the fourth greatest shooting guard of all time. Wow. Would you agree with that assessment? So the obvious three are Jordan, Kobe, and Dwayne Wade, I would say, are the top three. So is there another shooting well, guard no in way NBA history he would... better than James Harden? Yeah, there's no way he even touches those other three. That's for sure. I don't know who other... Uh... Um, there's, I mean, if you want to consider Tracy McGrady a two guard, I would take Tracy McGrady over him. I would too. Uh, let's hmm. see. Reggie Miller. Oh yeah. I would take Reggie Miller over him. I guess Allen Iverson is probably considered a two guard as well. Is he? Yeah, maybe. I almost see him in more as like a point guard. Ray Allen. I know you don't like Ray Allen, though. Yeah, I would probably have to put Harden above Ray Allen. 
I mean, Clay Thompson's a shooting guard, isn't he? Yeah. So I would take Clay. Clay you would take Clay over James Harden, right? Just a clean slate starting a franchise. Uh, that one's a tough one, actually. Yeah. Okay. That was close. I mean, I think people would laugh at us, but even considering that an argument, you know, actually, uh, I was talking to uh, a coworker one day, mm-hmm. and uh, I was this guy got me really fucking pissed really quickly <laughs> because he said he said something so fucking stupid that i was getting mad and he said i gotta hear this he was talking about james harden's nba season and he was like what, what james harden is doing right now like not even jordan can do it wow and it's like i you know it wasn't even laker related but it just got me so <laughs> pissed off well, i had to walk away from that conversation lest i get a call from hr well first of all this guy sounds like he's super young, right? He's actually around our age. He was no just, way. He's just a really fucking stupid take. Oh my god, yeah. that's shocking, actually. I would have like, thought this guy was, like, fresh out of college. Yeah. I mean, Jerry West could be considered a shooting guard, too. Yeah. Which, I would take Jerry West. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, Clyde Drexler is a shooting guard. Um, George Gerben, I think, also deserves... Some recognition. I don't know. I mean, I guess there might be a argument for it, but the guy just until you do something in the in the playoffs, until you have some kind of legacy building moment in the playoffs, you just can't be in the argument of anything right now at this point. Yeah. Unless you're racking up MVPs, I think that's that kind of propels you into like the conversation. Well, he has one. Yeah. He might win this year too. Which I think at that point, you almost have to like, you do have to kind of consider him. Do you think? Because that is in a very elite, elite class. Yeah, multiple MVP winner. Yeah, yeah. and the NBA, it's such a, a esteemed class. Yeah. Do you think that uh, this Warriors Rockets series is a wrap? I mean, they, I they kind of. not. They kind of lost, the Rockets kind of lost in a demoralizing fashion. Yeah. A little bit. It was a bad loss, you know. It was a tough loss to take because they were really close. How did how did CP three play? Uh, he ended up getting ejected. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, so it was funny because I think in the beginning of this year we were we were wondering if CP three had taken a significant step back. Yeah. Um, he ended up with seventeen points. Three rebounds, four assists. Okay. So not not the greatest. I think you, I think you need to expect more out of him. Yeah. Against the Warriors. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, and I think you, you know when you play a team like the Warriors, there are no moral victories. Yeah. You have to just win, and to have not won this first game doesn't even matter if it was like a close one. Or if it's a moral victory, there's no such thing when you play a team like the Warriors. You have to win these games because they're so scarce against a, you know, an all-timer like the Warriors. So you, I almost feel like yeah, it is a wrap. Don't you think so? I think so. In the NBA, it's it, that's how the playoffs go. You know, upsets are so rare that you cannot waste any games. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, the the talk of like, oh, this is the most vulnerable the Warriors have ever been, like that. That's kind of 
it's a little picking up a, a little bit momentum out there in the, in the sports media world. But yeah, I don't buy any of that. Yeah. I mean, I, they're still by far the most talented team on paper. Yeah, uh, they have the continuity of having played with each other for you know uh, three straight years now. So I yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I saw Draymond Green's like stat line from a recent game. It was insane. It was like a he almost did like a five by five. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. So he's and he's like their fifth best player. <laughs> yeah. So I I think that series is I mean, the season is pretty much a wrap. It's been a wrap since uh, last summer. But. By the way, though, too, um, I, you know, Draymond Green, fabulous player. He's such a uniquely talented player. But there was something on Twitter that was trending like fairly recently about how like he's so good that he could defend Shaq. I mean, really? I, yeah, I, I almost, I almost hurt myself from scoffing so loudly. Like that's so crazy. Yeah, it was trending. People saying that Draymond Green could defend Shaq. Uh, you know, people like to talk in hyperboles yeah. whenever a player plays extremely well, and he had one of like he had a really good game in the playoffs this year. So. Um, yeah, I think the the post was like. Watched this and it was like a highlight reel of what he had done. And it was like, and you and you gonna tell me that he can't defend Shaq or something? Yeah. And like people were like, because he can like guard Clint Capella, <laughs> yeah, they think he dude. can guard. They can guard. He can guard Shaq. I mean, yeah, he can guard essentially five positions, you know. But Shaq is an anomaly of all anomalies, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, David Robinson, who is a former Defensive Player of the Year, probably one of the better defenders that the NBA has ever seen. Extremely underrated, to be honest, yeah. actually. And Shaq ate him up for lunch <laughs> yeah. every time they went up against each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Shaq was so good that even in this current day and age of how important the three-point is, the three-pointer is, he would still be amazing. You know? Yeah. Whoever uh, whoever made that argument probably had like the Twitter handle of like Curry Curry uh, Curry lover or something Curry like goat yeah Curry uh, goat forever <laughs> get out of here with that argument. So I also want to uh, talk a little bit about the Sixers Raptors series. Okay, uh, they played. I think they've played one game so far, right? Oh, no, they've... Oh, so... Oh. So Philly beat the Raptors today, which is actually surprising. Wow, five points. By five points. Uh, But, uh... I mean, that team is pretty loaded. The Sixers team. I mean, they're... They have a... They have a... They're top-heavy. Very top-heavy. People are concerned about their bench. But, uh... You know, a lot of the, I think a lot of the attention has been on, and rightfully so, the performance of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he seems like he's dominating that series. He dominated again today. Yeah, he had you know thirty five points today. Um, so I think uh, wow, their bench had a combined five points. That's yeah, crazy. not a good day for their bench. Uh, but I think the the Lakers fan contingent. That wants Kawhi to come to LA. They're growing louder and louder just because we're able to see what he's doing right now in the playoffs. It's pretty amazing. 
uh, you're, I mean, you're still of the, I mean, I mean we talked about it last time, you know, yeah. uh, I think it, it, in an ideal world, we'd probably want Kevin Durant first. Yeah. Um, Kawhi Leonard though is, he's, he's not a, even a constellation prize. Yeah, he's not. If, if, if KD is one, Kawhi Leonard is one A, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so any of those two guys would be amazing, uh, pick up for the Lakers. Yep. Uh, Pascal Siakam's also having a good series. Yeah, people are kind of tabbing him as essentially just the next superstar. Yeah, I mean, he was... I think up until up until this year, he was kind of like that name that, like, the quote-unquote, like, NBA experts and hardcore NBA fans right. knew about. He was the, wasn't, sort of the best-kept secret. Yeah, he wasn't mainstream, but yeah. I feel like he's coming into the mainstream now. Um, and, you know, he's probably a lock to win most improved player this season uh much to the chagrin of all the delo stands out there but let's i think go. pascal has definitely run away with that yeah. yeah i mean for for the longest time i thought that De'Aaron fox was gonna win that award but right. um i think just the entire season take that into consideration um yeah pascal siakam was probably most deserving of that yeah um I, I did mention to you maybe like I think I think I mentioned this to you maybe a few podcasts ago that um, Siakam has the exact same measurables as Brandon Ingram in terms of height and wingspan. It's pretty shocking. So with that said, uh, if you throw the question out there of who would you rather have, Pascal Siakam or Brandon Ingram? Yeah, I feel like. Don't you feel like the majority of the NBA fan world would choose Pascal Siakam? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and I think that would be silly. Right. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in agreement. Not, maybe I would not go. Uh, I'll maybe not go as far as that silly, but I I'm feel still like, I'm still picking Ingram. Yeah, you yeah. gotta go Ingram, because that he's he's so young. I I would have been very torn on that question, but seeing those like last five or six games <sighs> that Ingram played before he Tantalizing. before he uh, was put on the shelf. Yeah, that. Pretty much sealed the deal. You um, saw enough in my eyes to to kind of have a good sense of what his true value is. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be really interesting, like this summer, um, because NBA scouts—they're not dumb. I feel like I feel like the sports media is thinking one thing, and then the true NBA scouts are probably thinking something different. Mm-hmm. And I got to believe that a lot of NBA teams out there see the value of Brandon Ingram. Mm. And well, but I will say, we, you know, we, yeah, we would choose Ingram, but we're, I guess we're sort of failing to recognize the elephant in the room, which is that his health is obviously very much in question, right? Yeah. Like, we have to take that into account. Well, his, his injuries are all... Um, different yeah it's not like a recurring right. knee problem but his most recent one is like a that. bit of a concern right like we're not sure if like are we is aren't there people saying that it's possible that it could linger and be career threatening so i think that was like the initial possibility mm-hmm. once everyone once people found out what the, the injury was but i i think they said that he was slated Expected to make to a, a full, full recovery. recovery oh okay yeah. great yeah yeah all right yeah so I don't think that should be an issue anymore. Right. 
but yeah. So he'll be in the package for Anthony Davis. I, <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. Let me tell you something right now. Like, I would never want to lose Ingram because, you know, you know me of all, of anybody, I'm on the Ingram uh, gravy train. But if we somehow got Kawhi and we traded for Anthony Davis, the two-way, just two-way players in uh, Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard paired with LeBron would be insane, right? That would be something to behold, (laughs) for sure. You would go to war with that, right? Yeah. Without, no qualms, right? That that trio can yeah can defend Winterfell <laughs> on their own basically. If we saw LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi defending Winterfell, and all of those fucking whites were charging, yeah, and they were still standing at the end of the episode, I would be like, "Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I get that, it." That that wingspan that makes sense. That wingspan alone would defend Winterfell for sure. Like, AD is worth a dragon on by himself. Yeah, yeah, you know for sure. Like. Yeah, I would go to absolute war on, and I, I think, I, I feel like we would instantly be a favorite, the favorite. Like I, I would have confidence to go up against any team, even this current Warriors team. Yeah, because they have their their big three is Steph, Clay, and KD, right? Right. Compare that to Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kawhi. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because none of those guys are two-way players. You can essentially shut down. I mean, you're not gonna obviously stop all of them altogether because they're all. I mean, Clay Thompson's a two-way player. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you know, Steph and KD are nowhere. They're not. They may be okay, but they're not anywhere near all NBA. I don't, I, I kind of think KD's defense is underrated, actually. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that he's underrated. But let's talk about the defenses of Anthony Davis and Kawhi. It doesn't no comparison there. Two yeah. basically like two uh, all defensive players of the year candidates. Sure. sure. Um, and LeBron, who's he's he a can, fabulous defensive player when he's he motivated. can do it for a player too. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. When he's play when his playoff mode activated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's gonna trigger some Lakers fans out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's for sure. I I I would get hyped for that. And you know if 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 the Lakers did have a trio like that, you don't think it would matter at all who the rest, how the rest of the roster is. You and I could be out? on that team. You and I <laughs> could be on that team. You and I could both be Samuel Tarly and uh, Gilly, and we would just be, and we would be golden. We would win the Battle of Winterfell, no problem. Yeah, I mean that's one can only dream right now at this point. There's a whole list of other things that the Lakers need to do first. Yeah. Um, I did want to get your thoughts, if you have any, on um, what's happening with uh, <clears throat> with our ex head coach. How the mighty have fallen from grace. Yeah, uh, that's a bit of a shocker, know, huh? Over the if if there was, um, I don't know if anybody's stock has fallen this this drastically in the span of two years than mm-hmm. Luke Walton. Luke Walton and Russell Westbrook are just two peas in a pod right I mean, now. I feel like Luke's even worse, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean to he's, be... He's facing, you know... Yeah, to uh, be mired in a... Legal cases. Right. To have uh, sexual assault allegations is pretty pretty bad. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I... 
I'm going to say something, I guess, somewhat controversial, which I feel like it shouldn't be controversial. But in my opinion, I feel like every person is due, every person is owed a due process. And I really don't like how when someone gets accused of something, of impropriety, like it's immediately in the, especially in the public eye of like Twitter. Yeah. They're villainized. And so for me, I, I really don't. And I'm not even saying that for guys that are accused. I feel like it's both if a guy was accused or if a woman was accused. Like, it just goes either way. Anyone that gets accused, there should be a burden of proof and there should be, like, a due process about it all. So for Luke Walton, I feel the same way, which is, well, let's, you know, let's hear all the evidence and see how that plays out. Yeah. But... You know, on its face, like, it's unfortunate, and I hope it's not true, but if it is, then, yeah, I mean, this guy has fallen from grace quite quickly, you know, to go from head coach of, like, one of the crown jewels of the NBA to basically just (laughs) coaching the Kings and also mired in some legal problems, you know? Yeah, so the Lakers organization is saying that they had no prior knowledge to any of this. Yeah, do you believe that? Uh, that would mean that Luke basically kept that to himself, right? Or are these allegations well, like Luke? You? Basically, Luke just saying nothing happened, and then this person—I think uh, her name is Kelly Tennant. Um, she's just basically just bringing it out to the forefront, saying that this happened to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I believe it's a civil case. I don't think it's a... She's basically just uh, suing him. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's which interesting. Is, yeah, which is a little it's a little interesting. Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you have to let things play out before you uh, uh, have, a, have an opinion on... Yeah, you know, like matter. all these comments on Twitter and... About how they're just like, oh, you know, shame on Luke, and I believe this victim, and all this stuff. And it's like, we don't know anything. We don't know these two people. Like, we don't know Luke Walton. We don't know this uh, woman, Kelly Tennant. Like, we don't know them personally. So let the evidence all play out. You know what I mean? We just hope it's not true. And if it is true, then let's hope that the legal system will, you know, make the right decisions and, like, keep you know make luke walton basically culpable you know like he's held accountable for what he did but until then it's like i don't know how people can just make all these comments on twitter as if like they're the jury and they've already made the decision you know it just seems a little shitty well you know twitter is horrible in many ways (laughs) oh they're they're, twitter you can always count on a lot of these the um, cesspool rush to judgment takes and you could also spoilers spoilers (laughs) to movies and tv shows so um for for as good as twitter brings there's uh you know an equal amount of bad at times yeah um so that's you just have to live that's kind of the world we live in today yeah and you know like it just i guess it's good that we moved on though you know what i mean yeah it's probably for the better that we're because even if these allegations are untrue we're untrue like the sad thing is that like as a laker franchise we're just it's good that we don't need to deal with this yeah you know what i mean yeah 
with with all the shit that we're already dealing with. Yeah. So so the Lakers did move on from Luke Walton, and uh, in case anyone forgot, amidst this you know pandemonium of Endgame and Game of Thrones and the NBA playoffs, there's still a coaching search at hand. <laughs> uh, the Lakers. It, it, much, very much in the way Robert Baratheon uh, rode his entire family out to Winterfell to recruit Ned Stark. <laughs> they brought their entire freaking organization out to Philadelphia to interview Monty Williams, which yeah, they brought the wagons out and everything. Yeah, which at at, at surface value, I'm like, huh, all of this for Monty Williams, huh? Like I, I can understand maybe you know someone. Of the uh, standing of like, let's say, uh, Eric Spolstra or uh, mm. um, even Jeff Van Gundy. But even then, you know, it's like just... a home run candidate, right? You know. But even then, it just seems silly. Like even if it was Eric Spolstra, like what do Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis <laughs> right. have to do with anything? You know so, I mean? so the people that were reportedly uh, um, taking the trip to Philadelphia was Genie uh, Bus. Which makes sense. Makes sense. Summer. Rob Palinka. Makes sense. Um, Got to bring Littlefinger. Yeah. Uh, Joey and Jesse Buss. Okay. And then also Kurt and Linda <laughs> Rambis. Yeah, that's just weird, man. That's weird. I mean, they probably had, uh, you know, Kurt probably had a slide or two to present <laughs> on the PowerPoint. Uh, Linda might have had a slide to present on the PowerPoint. I don't know. I don't know how it, they uh, decided to do this pitch, but yeah, um, that is just a that reveals to me that this is still very much a dog and pony show, and just they don't know what they're doing. Because can you imagine, like, if Jerry West was leading this whole organization, and he went to go see Monty, he would be like, Rob, let's go. Uh, Jeannie, if you want to go, you're free to come along. And if 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 so, if not, whatever. Let's just go do this. All business. Yeah, it would have been like a a three man job at at yeah. the most. Yeah, and he would have sat Monty Williams down or Tyron Lue, whoever. He would have sat them down and said, "This is what we're looking to do. This is our vision. Are you on board? What do you have in mind?" And then just figure it out, you know. But this whole fanfare and this whole like. You know, taking taking the whole crew over there is just reeks of like amateurism. Yeah, desperation. A little yeah, bit too. it's just amateur hour, man. Yeah, and there, there's no surprise that um, Monty Williams is very close to uh, Greg Popovich, and there were reports also that uh, Pop was telling Monty Williams not to join the Lakers, <laughs> which I if. if if that doesn't scream collusion and tampering to you, then I don't know what is. Yeah. You know, and I could totally see that happening too. So why it's I know it always comes out, but it always comes up, but I just I want to know why why does this always only happen to the Lakers? Why does it never happen with the Celtics? It's I bizarre, know. you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. The Lakers tax is the strongest the highest tax yeah. in in the NBA. Yeah. So Monty Williams is obviously uh, one of the leading candidates. I think Ty Lue also um, got a second interview for the head coaching gig. Mm-hmm. And you told you showed me that the rumor was that Ty Lue would want to bring Tibbs as a as an assistant, right? 
Was that that's just, yeah. that was something that was floated out there, right? Yeah, I sent you that. How amazing would that be? Yeah, I'm all for that. I, I mean, bring do that right now, right now, do it right now. Yeah, send him the contract, send Tibbs the contract. Let's get that show on the road. Like that's would be that's essentially what we were asking for. Yeah, we would have loved Jeff and Gundy. I would still be thrilled with Jeff and Gundy. But Tyrell New with Tibbs as an assistant coach would be a dream come true. Yeah. So that's that's uh, something that's been floated out there. And another name that's been floated out there for the head coaching gig, which makes me all types of cringe. Jason Kidd. Is, uh, not, not Jason Kidd. <laughs> okay. Because um, I think he did interview, right? That was yeah, I think that was reported. Yeah. Um, Joan Howard. Oh, that's weird. So is is he has he been serving as a coach in any capacity? He's an assistant coach. I think he's one of Spolster's assistants. But I don't know about that. We need to send we need to send <laughs> Jeannie Bus our list of of yeah. uh, our criteria list for yeah. the head coaching gig, and for sure. it's you know Joan Howard definitely doesn't fit the criteria because he's never had a head coaching gig in his life yeah you know and that's one of the reasons why i prefer tyrell new over monty williams because i don't think monty williams has even ever done a head coaching gig. he's been a head coach before oh yes okay yeah okay he's had one coaching stint with the uh the new orleans hornets oh okay back in the day okay um but but even still even if he didn't have a head coaching uh experience in his resume i i would still think that he's a more viable candidate than juan howard Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of all of his other extensive Mm -hmm. assistant coaching stints um but for some reason juan howard was i mean feels like he's granted an interview for i don't know why it it, that's got to be purely because of the spolster connection there i mean that that would be a disaster hire uh jason kidd obviously would be a disaster hire so it's almost looking like it's Tyron Liu and Monty Williams or bust. I mean, I'm of the camp of Tyron Liu and Thibodeau or bust, but yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if, if Monty Williams did take the job, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be you would super be intrigued, pissed off. Right? You would be intrigued. Yeah, I'd be like, okay. Uh, see how it goes. It would be... Um, it's a more valid hire than Luke Walton, right? When he got hired, right? So um, I would be I would be willing to, um, you know, I would give that a chance and see how that how that goes, you know. Um, but yeah, we're we're still waiting for a head coach, um, and by now, you know, uh, has there I, been any talk about a president of basketball operations? I don't I don't think so, um, and by now. It seems uh, almost a certainty that Rob Polinka is staying with the Lakers. Uh, How much does that concern you? a disappointment you? to a lot of people out yeah. there. Um, I think I'm still... I, I think the fact that like for the past few months, our, our focus, our vitriol was directed towards Magic Johnson mm-hmm. the entire time. Like the majority of it. And his abrupt, his abrupt uh, quitting the team, and then the subsequent news that came out after that, I don't think I've fully caught up with that 
mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not as adamant uh, to replace Palinka as I was with Magic to a certain degree. I see. Okay. But um, you know, if he if he was if he was fired and um, replaced by a more qualified GM, then I would have I would have been pretty happy with that. Right. But it looks like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, I I feel like Palinka still has an opportunity to prove himself a little bit. Okay. I mean, every all the moves up until now have been pretty bad. You know. I I mean it's it's been beyond bad. I was like say. no matter who's no matter who's in the front office this summer is is going to make or break. Yeah. Whoever's calling the shots. So our opinion of Palinka might be. Totally different in a few months from now. Well, I want to know because I want to know who's behind the meme team. Because yeah. collectively, the reasoning that Magic and Rob Palinka gave for why they uh, constructed that roster was ridiculous and is not the kind of. <laughs> Not the kind of basketball mind I want running this franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think right now we're kind of feeling like, well, that was Magic's doing. And if so, then okay, I guess we should give Palinka the, a fair shake. But, you know, we, we have to recognize the fact that Palinka was singing that song, that same tune that Magic was. He was doing the whole, like, you know, we went back and looked at the tapes and we saw what exactly worked in the playoffs. And this is why we came up with the list of players that we wanted and Lance Stevenson. Yeah, he claimed to have yeah. uh, based he this this decisions on analytics. Right, um, and he said something about that that famous quote about needing thrust or some shit yeah. like that. You know, like all those things off the wall quotes. Right, all those yeah. things. So it's like if that's if the, he if he was very much kind of leading that charge, then I have zero confidence, and I feel like we're in a really bad state. Um, but we don't really know, I guess, right? We're we're kind of assuming that Magic was the one that just kind of yeah. The but there have been, that, but, but but you know, after he quit there or leading up to his um, resignation, uh, there were more and more reports out there saying that he was an absentee front office executive, and right. that kind of lends to the theory that. Polinka was actually making these moves. Which is really <laughs> concerning then. Yeah. Which is really concerning then. I think like Yeah, dude, like I mean I, I, I feel like Jeannie is a bigger concern. Oh, without a doubt. Because For sure. it seems like she's the main reason why the team's not even considering Jerry West. Oh, without a doubt. There's some there's beef there. Yeah. You know? She's cock blocking Jerry West from coming home, so mm-hmm. that's uh, a huge red flag. Huge red flag. And there's no, there's no end in sight here. You know what I mean? Like Polinka could be fired, but Jeannie, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know how she's gonna be ousted. I mean, she's basically Cersei Lannister right now. Yeah. She's you know sitting pretty on the throne. Yeah. Well, she's Cersei Lannister, and she has no. There's no Jon Snow. There's no Daenerys out there that can challenge it, which is kind of concerning too. Yeah. So, and I'm not here implying that she needs to be ousted. It's just, I would like for her to just learn from her mistakes 
and so far i don't know if she's doing that yeah our con- our confidence is pretty shaky at yeah. best yeah with genie right now yeah. but we're hoping that she can turn it around you know there with there there is reasons for hope but um mm-hmm. it's uh very scary scary world out there we don't know what's gonna happen yeah. um so i think uh in a couple of weeks the the nba draft lottery is gonna happen something that's i don't know we all i always thought that our coach was gonna be in place prior to that yeah. but uh, i'm still thinking that that's gonna happen but we'll see yeah I, I mean and that's gonna be really big too how high of a draft pick we get is gonna play a huge part in what kind of assets you know i mean it's most likely looking like the number 11 pick which i think is very valuable still yeah it's a good piece yeah let's say we get into like let's say we get the eighth pick or even the seventh pick is that is that possible well we um there's no chance at picks five through ten oh okay so let's say four through ten okay so let's say we get like a top three pick yeah which is that's a game changer the odds are really fucking slim but yeah hey the night king got killed <laughs> night king was we were facing smaller smaller odds against the night king so we just need an aria start to just manipulate the uh the, the you know ping pong so. yeah yeah i mean i you know i was kind of glad that aria was the one that killed the night king though i had no problem with it yeah like i guess i just I wish no that it would happen later yeah you know i had no problem with her killing night king it, it made sense and i thought they tied it in really well it just was everything else that just was ridiculous um but yeah we we're gonna need an aria stark type of just odds breaking <laughs> i know moment. yeah we need uh we need the Lord of Light to help us in this <laughs> in this yeah. time of darkness. Can we have Melisandre represent us at the draft? <laughs> have her sit. Oh, and you know Melisandre's like just dying, just choosing to die. I thought that was like well, I would have lived. I would have kept. Yeah. I would have. I would have seen this whole thing through. You yeah. know. I I thought that was like kind of unnecessary the way she went out as well. Well, there's one thing about Game of Thrones right now is that. There's a lot of things that are unnecessary that's going on now, so yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's a chance that Grey Worm can see that uh, island and just chill off into the sunset. With Masande, huh? Wearing his Hawaiian, trading his unsullied armor for a Hawaiian T-shirt, <laughs> just sip my ties at the beach. At this rate, he probably will. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so that's that's all we'll talk about this time the state um, of game of thrones and the state of the lakers yeah there's a a couple of more episodes left <laughs> uh which means a couple more game of thrones uh yeah podcasts. yeah and uh you know the lakers are not in the playoffs so we yeah we're taking li- it's our podcast we can talk about whatever <laughs> we want so we are taking the liberty to talk about other things right now. That's right. Um, can't all be uh, negative. You know you if know? you want any other topics you, we want to, you want us to cover, shoot us an email. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know I can't uh, talk in game because I haven't seen oh, yeah. any of those movies. But um, we can definitely talk other things. Heard, so. heard it was awesome. Yeah. If you have any suggestions, uh, you can email us at eighty one points podcast at gmail Otherwise, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next we time. We will see you next time.
Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.